Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Okay, good morning. How is everybody? Good. Yes, we are going to talk about goals. <laughs> I know Kendall was like, I think. <laughs> um, and we thought it would be something fun to do together and just change it up a little bit, right? Um, so we're going to have, uh, Diane and I are going to have a, a conversation um, about goals. Um, so let's just pray um, to get started. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that we can be together. Thank you that your presence is so close and so intentional and so full. And Father, as we just like discuss some of the things you've put on Diane and my heart for goals here today, I just pray that you would, even in this moment, just wash over our hearts and our minds. I just feel like I need to just speak over all of us. Our Father has good plans for us. Our Father has good plans for us. And we're thankful. We're thankful to be your children. And we honor you today. Amen. Um, so, I know just in starting, there are just a couple little things that I want to, uh, like, just uh, say or cover here. And then um, Diane's going to open up some things just from her heart here over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think one thing that really struck me, I mean, we've had, like, Kendall spoke and Mark has shared twice. And I think one thing that really struck me was last week, I think it was. <laughs> I listened to them and not always in the right order, but I think this was last week's. Um, Mark had said that there was uh, something he had read that said that humans, people, plan more uh, what they're going to eat for dinner or the next meal than they do plan for who they're becoming. And that was like, I was just like, Oh my word, like that's, that's heavy guys. Like, um, I was talking to my husband about that. He's like, yeah, Jocelyn, actually we're the only, like all the other animals and mammals, it's complete opposite. <laughs> they don't think that way, but for some reason we do. And that just like convicted me. Like, like this is something that we want to invest time in. Because the Lord is invested in us, right? We do have a part to play, yeah. So, um, so I wanted to start off with just like 
really simple stuff, because I always come with some simple stuff, because I get to spend a lot of time with kids. They're my favorite. I mean, you're my favorite, too. But, like, they're my extra favorite. <laughs> we get to, like, do fun things back there. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was telling Diane that when I was talking with the kids about goals, the first week that we were talking, um, I just, we just started looking up synonyms. Like, what is a goal? You know, like, just, just the basic... And we found some cool things. Um, some of the things they wrote on the, like, you know, they take turns writing on the board, is they said, well, first we looked at synonyms, and we found, like, aim and purpose. Um, and we started talking about, like, you know, if a hunter goes out to get a deer, you know, like to bring a deer home for dinner. <laughs> Hopefully a lot of dinners. Like, if, he, if he's, like, looking everywhere else and has, he's probably not going to get what he's out there to get. He's, what he's aiming for, if he doesn't have his sights on that, he's probably not going to come home with that, right? So, um, aim, purpose. Uh, one of the kids said that to them, strong desire is a synonym to them as a goal. And I thought, that's really good. Like, isn't that what goals are for? For these, like, desires in here to, like, come out of us, right? Strong desire. Um, then we started talking about, like, the purpose of goals. And uh, some of the things the kids said, uh, they help us to do the thing we got to do to get there. <laughs> it's true. And I think for me, the key word there is help. Goals are, are helpers. They're not against us. That's something we thought we could talk about. Like, they help us. Um, motivate to be productive is what one of the older kids said, and then help us stay focused on what is important to us. I just think these are really good things to think about. Um, so I, I guess we wanted to start in the place that like goals are for us. They're a friend to us. Um, I'm gonna let you. Go ahead and sort of share what For you're me, thinking. goals, setting goals, uh, I've had to uh, sort of lay aside how this was done for me in the past. If I wanted to make goals with the Lord, I had to set aside how it was done in the past. And I don't know what your, your history is, but for me, I've been part of goal-setting sessions before where I would write down my personal goals. And then basically they were measured or like somebody would look at my goals and like my value or my ambition level was like weighed. And if my goal wasn't big enough or if I kept missing my goal, there was this, there was this evaluation of like fear or, or like um, coming up short. It basically reinforced in me that goals are my enemy and that I'm safer if I just don't set any. It doesn't mean I can't believe for great things with the Lord, but at least I take 
away any sense that it was my fault. <laughs> it's a way of protecting yeah, yourself. Yeah, it was just self-protection. Um, so as we've walked through this month, I've, I, I have already worked on this in the past, but it's there again, and so I'm having to renew my mind again that the Father is for me and that I can openly acknowledge what is in my heart and I can say it out loud and I can look for it and toward it and, and do it with him and that it's this, like, it's like a bicycle sort of, right? It's this me and the Lord just um, enjoy going forth together. Like it's this opportunity and possibility and not, and not this instant reaction of fear. Um, so as I was praying about this, the Lord brought me to Matthew 9. Matthew 9, uh, verse 14, it says, Then the disciples of John came to Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The wedding attendants cannot mourn as long as the bride, uh, is with, bridegroom is with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. And verse 16 is like the, the reflection the Lord gave me for us. He said, no, cloak, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, for the patch will pull away from the cloak and a worse tear is made. Neither can new wine be put into old wineskins. Otherwise the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins and so both are preserved. And I thought of it, I mean, the Lord just is so clear with us today. Like, even during worship, um, we were singing, when I walk into the room, every hopeless situation ceases to exist. Right? I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy, louder than my unbelief. And then somebody asked me to write a goal, and the very first thing I encounter inside of myself is hesitation. See, when I'm looking at Jesus, See, the new wineskin, like the, what I glean from the presence of Jesus, the vision that comes, the hopes in my heart, the things I was made for, the things I want, the, what's that called, the strong desire, those come straight from the presence of Jesus. They are the new wine. And if I put them in a heart that is old and um, weary and bitter and afraid, I lose the pure beauty and possibility of what is available to me. It spills out. I can't hold on to it. It's not that it's not there. Right. But I can't. You can't receive it. I can't drink of it even. It just goes away. So when it came to goal setting, as I prayed, I just sensed that some of us were hoping for this topic to be over soon. If I just... If I just hold on one more week or so, they'll change topics and we can just sort of avoid glide eye contact. <laughs> well, just glide by it. Skip on by, right. And I think some of us are avoiding setting goals. I think of us are deliberately not doing it. So the question is, where am I trying to put new wine into old wineskins? Where does my heart need to be renewed. I'm thinking, <laughs> it's not of a joke to do Lord of the Ring quotes, but <laughs> forgive me, I quite enjoy it. Um, there's, a, there's a place in Lord of the Rings where the king has been like possessed and he's overthrown. He's not defending his people. 
and the nephew of the king has been banished. He's faithful and loyal, but he's been banished. And some guests come to the kingdom, and they're asking questions. And the nephew looks at them, and he says, Do not trust a hope. It has forsaken these lands. Some of us, I think, are afraid of hope. Job said in um, chapter 17, he says, like, this is what I love about this. It's right in the middle of Job's, like, trial, right? I think Job has, like, 35 chapters or something like that. So 17 is, like, right in the middle. I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's right in there. This is what Job says. He says, my days are, this is verse, end of verse 11, my days are past, my plans are broken off the desires of my heart. They make night into day. The light, they say, is near to the darkness. But if I look for Sheol as my house, if I spread my couch in darkness, if I say to the pit, you are my father, and to the worm, my mother, where then is my hope? Who will see my hope? Charles Schultz, he's the guy that drew the Peanuts comic. I quite like that one because it's <laughs> Snoopy and Charlie. It's the one where the teacher goes, wah, 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 wah. I think that's how my children hear me. They're homeschooled and they <laughs> half the day just hear, wah, 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 wah. But he says, um, a whole stack of memories. And to me, the memories I'm not thinking of are good. They're, I'm thinking of the discouragements and disappointments and the broken, you know, just the loss that I've experienced. But he says a whole stack of memories is never equal to one little hope. Mm. Yet if we want that new wine, we have to renew the skin, right? It makes a brand new container. It's this, it's the thing that's holding him that needs to be renewed. And he's so faithful in it. There's not a single detail of any condition of us that is apart from, he knows better than we do the state we are in. None of it's a surprise. And so, none of it's beyond his care. Yeah, none of it is beyond. He's so detailed. Like, we tend to look over those things sometimes. I do. Like, there's more important things to do. Or there's things that are more pertinent. But the Father is not like that with us. At all those little, little places that need renewed are his heart. Like, he wants to come right there. He doesn't overlook it. He's not impatient. He doesn't think that he's not too busy, right? To, like, sit with us in those places until we're whole. When I think my experience has been that the more I avoid those things, the farther away the things that I actually long for become. Because he will, he will take me through perfectly, and he will never put something on me I'm not ready for. And there are so many times I have wanted the big old beautiful picture, and I have not. My character was not ready. My faith was not ready. My endurance, my belief was not. Like, I just, he was doing things in me to prepare me, but I hated steps A through Y. I wanted Z. <laughs> And if I didn't hit Z, I was a failure, and God was not following through, and I had just, you know, when you misunderstand what the Lord is doing, you can mourn when you should rejoice. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what is it that contaminates my hope? Mm -hmm. What is it in me? 
right now that is contaminating my hope. The goal sheet we made, we put Christ in me, hope of glory, and I'm sitting there filling mine out, and it's so fun. I'm like, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And then inside I hear, except, or that, but, let's just manage our expectations in this area. Let's just shoot a little lower here. Let's just... And I'm not saying shoot for the stars. I'm saying look into the eyes of Jesus and believe. What is it inside of me when I encounter the Lord? Either I hear his voice, right? I know I'm in his presence or I'm worshiping and I, and I see his face. What is it in me that hesitates? The things in me that are made of him say, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go. So when the Lord comes to me in 2023, which the year is practically brand new, I'm not good on the percentage things. It's a shame that I teach my children math, but it's like only almost one sixth over. <laughs> it's a pretty new year. That's pretty good math to me. <laughs> <laughs> I watch over my son's shoulder. Um, oh, it's not wrong now. I'll go back and listen later. I'll be like, it's not one sixth. That was something else. Thank you. <laughs> I just needed reassured. Um, but like when the Lord comes to me and says, it's 2023, beloved, my mercies are brand new. Yes. Brand new. Today is brand new. What do you want to do with it? If I put that invitation in an old wineskin, I take yesterday's mm -hmm. the pain. Past. Yes. Yes. Disappointment. And I put it right in today and I pile it on top of his mercy. I pile it on top of what is possible, and I walk around like this all the time. When mm -hmm. I'm made to walk like in the fullness of joy, I'm made to reveal his glory. So mm -hmm. that's what we were talking about. What is it that looks at the Lord and hesitates? How can we hesitate when we're looking at the Lord? Go ahead, please. No, I was... So in Lamentations 3, Jeremiah, I think, dearly understands this. And at the end of 17, he says, My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, gone is my glory and all that I hoped for from the Lord. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. And I was thinking of this today. There's places in scripture where people experience hardship and they say, um, somebody comes to comfort them and scripture will say, but they refused to be comforted. They refused <laughs> to be comforted. Like we were talking about, sometimes we defend ourselves. We sort of insulate ourselves with like these defenses so that we're not you know, taking risks. But to be healed by the Lord, to like experience his love and to let it heal us is a two-way journey. First, he comes. He always loves first. He's always faithful. He comes, and then we let him. Like, I'm thinking, when you say that, I immediately think of, blessed is he who mourns. This is the blessing of Jesus, for he shall or will be comforted. And who, who am I to refuse that comfort? And yet we do, thinking we're protecting ourselves. I've done it so often. 
Mm -hmm. So then I think, Art, do you want to go ahead and do the papers thing? Is that where we're heading? Okay. So we wanted to first start. Is there something in me that is poisoning my hope? Is there something in me that I need to let go? Where is bitterness having root in me? Where, if in my case, where have I accused the Lord of being unfaithful to me? And we really felt like, like before we went on to share anything else of our thoughts about goals, it, like it's important for us to lay those things down. I, when I was talking with Diane, like when we were talking about this, I said, like, anytime I minister about children, one of the first things I do is say, like, any of the stuff that I have, like, from before, I have to lay it down if I want to hear purely, like, as it comes out of the heart of God, receive it into a new wineskin, one that's ready and, and able and meant to contain this, right? We have to lay down the, what would hinder that. And I think we have to do it intentionally. Like we can just, oh yeah, I have to lay that down and then we keep going on and we never laid it down. Like sometimes we have to pause and think, like when I hear the word goals or when someone asks me to write down a goal in whatever area it is, what happens in here? Yeah. And what is it, what is hesitant, like what inside of me is hesitating? If there's hesitation, don't just fly by it and think it'll go away. <laughs> we said like ignoring these things doesn't, it's like we have to intentionally say, I feel conflict inside of me. I feel hesitation. I feel, and I know it shouldn't be there. I know he's good. How many, we all have that. Wait, well, I know, I know, I know, I know, but I have to like, I have to actually identify this thing and put it before the feet of Jesus. I have to let it be smothered by his love and in his heart, covered by his blood, covered, healed, covered, set free, right? Isn't that what the blood of Jesus does? And so we, we both felt that we wanted to take a few minutes. We have paper and pens over here. We would like for you to actually write, it might be one word, it might be, <laughs> that has to come up. But, Whatever, if, if you experience that kind of hesitation or you're, you know, something that feels like it's working against the idea that goals are our friends. Or an area where you cannot even trust that God is for Right, like that his plans really are yeah. good, you know. Then we need to write it down and lay it down. So we want you to take a few moments. We're going to leave it quiet. Probably more because of me. I love quiet with Jesus. <laughs> and we want you to come get paper, write wherever you want to, and then lay them 
up here. Like just, we're just leaving them here. Jesus is worthy and knows what to do with them, with anything you write down. And then come take communion. Like we are intentionally laying this down and letting the blood and the body of Christ do what it has already done inside of us in that area. Like let it be covered. So that all these things that we've heard over the last few weeks and the more things that we'd like to discuss today can come in like pure and new. Okay? So, please don't be shy, and we'll just allow for, so, you know, a couple minutes. We'll just see um, how long we need here, but please come. There's pens. There's paper. You might also have your own favorite pen. <laughs> so, you're writing down any, anything that you need to lay down that brings that hesitation like when God's like, let's, let's make some goals together. What makes you hesitate? We have to lay it down. Did I explain that right? Okay. So that, I mean, I don't want to tell you what that is. I mean, it could be a number of things, right? It could be, it didn't work out for me last time, uh, that feeling of disappointment. Someone else's fault. Right. Or it could be, I don't want to be, I don't want to be measured, like you had said about, you felt like other people are going to measure me and see whether I am worth who I am if I, based on whether I accomplish this goal or not. Like that, it has to lay down. That's not healthy, right? So anything, like when you, and I would say, just look at your heart. And if you have felt hesitation or like, fear or conflict inside of you in any of these talks over the last couple of weeks with goals, whatever it is that's posing that, that thing inside of you that hesitates, we want to write it down, lay it down, and take communion and just be healed in that place. Is that any other questions? Okay, so let's, let's do it. You guys can spend some time, of course, talking with Jesus about that. Even ask him, like, what is it in me? And then here's your supplies.
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your blood and your body that is more than enough to cover, to cleanse, to heal. Every part. Every part inside of us. We just want to, like, continually just shed anything that takes from our full belief, our full vision of your eyes, of your hope, of your goodness. Like, you really do have good plans. May every part of who we are believe that. Fully persuaded. Convinced. That you're good and faithful. Before we move on, let's just, uh, the things that we've given to the Lord, there's an empty place there now. So let's just, I just hear this song, let's just sing it. Um. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Isaiah 26, 8 says, In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we have placed hope. Your name and your renown are the soul's desire. In your judgment, Lord, how you see things, mm -hmm. your perspective, your way, your wisdom, your goodness. In those things, Lord, I have placed my hope. Your name and your renown, they are my soul's desire. Mm -hmm. I found a quote when we were looking at hope, and it's by a guy named Tertullian. I think he's a church theologian years ago. But he says, hope is patience with the lamp lit. That I am so loved that I trust his timing. And I can lean fully into everything that's in my heart. And I can give up my whole pure Belief, mm -hmm. his total confidence, knowing that he is the perfect time. Mm -hmm. He is perfect wisdom. And, and it is, our lives are 
all about him. It's not about whether I get the right timing or I get my goal. It's about him. Is Jesus being seen? Is he being magnified? Is my whole faith so alive in him that I don't care what this goal ends up looking like in the end? I'm going to dream with him and lean in, lean in yeah. because it's him. It's all about him. Proverbs 24, 13 and 14, my child, eat honey for it is good. And the dripping of the honeycomb is sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such for your soul. If you find it, you will find a future and your hope will not be cut off. So when we were looking at that scripture, we had started talking about wisdom and how it seemed that like fortuitous, I don't know if that's the right word, like that we just got done doing a whole month focused on wisdom, right? And um, so I know I was telling Diane, for me, especially this year, um, when it was like, you know, we tend to think about goals at the beginning of the year, but like, you know, there's no like, you know, rule that says you have to think about them at the beginning of the year, right? You can make a goal whenever, but... um, But when we were thinking about goals, I know for me this year, the spirit of wisdom has been so, like, important when I'm, like, listening to this invitation from the Lord, right? And I'm, like, thankful for that invitation. I did live years scared of that invitation, but now, like, I've been so thankful for it. I was telling Diane, I just, I found myself loving this. (laughs) I love to make goals with Jesus now, and I used to be afraid, but not anymore. Just feels so full of possibility, you know, and like, I don't know, it's exciting. But I have found this year especially that I, like, have been just clinging to the spirit of wisdom when I'm thinking about goals, when I'm talking to Chris about goals, when I'm writing stuff down. I like to write stuff down because it helps me not to think about it all night long and I can sleep. (laughs) Otherwise, my brain just keeps on going, right? I don't know if you're like that or not, but I am. So um, I was, I spent a lot of time in James uh, chapter 3, verse 17, and it says, but the wisdom from above is, fu- is first pure, which to me, that's just what we laid the foundation for in doing what we just did. Like, it's, it's pure. It's not contaminated by all my stuff. You know? It's pure. The wisdom from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, reasonable. Um, in, I think this is worth a mention, in the 
the Bible I use with the kids all the time, we have the like adventure Bible back there. It says it obeys is what, like it's word for reasonable. And I just thought like Jesus obeyed to the point of. This translation says willing to yield. Yeah, he yielded everything. That's wise to his father's plan, like to the, um, so it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's reasonable, um, or yielded entirely to the father's heart, I would say, like to what he sees. Uh, full of mercy, I mercy that's new for a brand new day, full of mercy, and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Um, I think in the, I love kid versions, so I'm just going to go there again. Um, when it says without hypocrisy, it says it doesn't pretend to be something it's not. It's honest. And I told Diane, when, I, when I've been sitting down, um, making goals this year and just thinking what's possible and what, what's in my heart to do and accomplish and become or, you know, all those things. Um, this, is, this is where I stay, right here. <laughs> like if what is coming out of me, like the thing I want to set my heart to or my hands to, what fruit is it producing inside of me? Is it this, this fruit of the spirit of wisdom? Like, not what will my goal produce? I think sometimes we think about that, you know? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, what will my goal produce? If, I, if my goal goes just perfect, the way I think, what will it produce? No. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, it's like one of my favorite things in Romans where it says, like, Abraham, it was his faith that brought glory to God. It was not if his faith produced what he thought it should look like, right? It was his faith that brought glory to God. Wasn't that like four, chapter four? So that's how the spirit I've been sitting in with goals, like, like, is this, when I am writing this down or I'm thinking with the Lord, imagining what I can put my hands to, when I articulate it, what happens inside of me? Am I immediately stressed and scared and, like, ready to crawl in a hole? <laughs> it might be a great goal, but not for right now. <laughs> Right? But if that goal produces in me like peace, like, like I might be nervous about this, this might feel scary, but inside there's peace, there's possibility. This thing looks like it could actually happen now. Well, and like the kid said earlier, it's the thing. It's going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Like it's not necessarily the whole elephant, but it's a bite of it. Right. Yeah. And, it, and any bite makes the whole elephant seem more possible. Right? 
Um, is it full of mercy? When I think of that, is it full of mercy? That means, is it brand new for today? Or am I bringing my past shame, my past failure, my past anxiety, whatever it is, into this moment? No, but if it's full of mercy, his mercy is new every morning. New with possibility, with light every morning. That's when the sun comes up, right? It's new with light. That's hope. That's a future. That's, that's good. That's really good. Um, so I would say that, like, for me, this year, I've, like, enjoyed the invitation but I am really spending a lot of time with Jesus. And I just, like, I'm saying this because I'm hoping it helps you too. <laughs> that, like, we can spend time with Jesus and say, when I make this goal, I mean, we're supposed to put thought into this, right? Like, we, like at the beginning, I said, like, that fact that we plan our meals more than we plan who we're becoming and what we're doing. Like, for, like I can take time to think about this. And be aware of what spirit is at work in me. Where am I abiding when I do this? And, it, and the spirit of wisdom is, is where I want to abide, right? Um, I think I failed to share this earlier, and it seems really fit now. Mm -hmm. The rest of Lamentations, I shared the part where he was refusing to be comforted, but Jeremiah sets a perfect example. He's talking about how like, crushed he is, and then he says, but this I call to mind, mm -hmm. and therefore I have hope. Mm -hmm. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are mm -hmm. new every morning. So it's like this, this ability to look at the Lord's face and allow his like to draw from mm -hmm. his like perfect mercy, his perfect hope, his perfect wisdom, such that the things that, like what you said, mm -hmm. that would try can't. Mm -hmm. He's just so full. Well, and I think the spirit like of, of even saying like let's make goals or let's like that invitation, it like should call us up to that horizon where we see yeah, like, what's, what's, like, I think of the sunrise. When I think of horizon, I think of the sunrise. I think of a new morning. So, so it's like there's light involved with that. There's, like, just, like, an, a vast view of possibility, right? And it's really call. it shouldn't be calling us under something. It should be calling us above, right, to see the way Jesus sees and his plans for us. And your plans for you. I have been feeling, like, so convicted by that. Like, yes, my Father has good plans for me. And so, because of that, I can have good plans for me. And I, I think we have to, like, practice that. I, I feel it a lot when I'm at the school with kiddos. Like, like... I, I can't tell you how many times I'll look at a child and say, honey, you can have good plans for you. Like, we, we have to, like, 
it's not just he has good plans for me. It's his good plans for me. Empower me to have good plans for me. And, and they're both important, and he's so fully involved in both, right? Um, I, I wanted to, I have a couple minutes. Oh, not too much. Okay, I'll just do this really quick. There were a couple more thoughts I just wanted to share. First of all, I um, thought, I've been thinking about Abraham, and, um, you know, he, the Lord gave him this, like, great big vision, I would say, describe it as, for his, not just his life, but, like, what was going to come from him, right, through Isaac, and, like, then, like, there's going to be this whole nation of people, right? And, um, and then I see when Abraham, like, like, he has this vision, and he had faith. This, so, so this goal of then finding a wife for his son, this goal was birthed out of a place of faith. And I think that's important. Like, in a spirit of wisdom, birthed in my full unadulterated faith, <laughs> belief, you know, my full, like, pure uh, faith in who Jesus is and in every single word he has spoken to me, to my spirit. Um, and then that, that finding a wife for, for Isaac, it was like, I don't know, I think, like, one bite of the elephant, like one step in the right direction with that if aim. Have many nations, you should probably have a grandchild. Right, right, yeah. right. Like, like one step in that purpose, in that aim, in that, in which became a desire, right? When the Lord speaks something to you, it like creates this hunger for it then. Um, so I, with, with Abraham, I, I just thought like, some of our goals can be really simple, small steps going towards, right? Um, he was also pretty specific about it. I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess you can't call him a Karen, but you sort of like, you know, like she has to be from this kind of people and this, you know, like, like very specific. <laughs> I know there was a reason for that. But I'm just saying, like, we, it, the more specific we are about the thing, how big, how be it small or large, the more specific we are, I think the better. I just think that's better. Um, then I was thinking about Nehemiah. This has probably been my favorite story that I've been in with the kids and goals. Um, and with Nehemiah, I'm not going to read a ton, but I did highlight like two verses that I want to read. Okay, it's a little more than two, but it's really not much. Uh, so it talks about like Nehemiah, you know, he's working as the, like the wine taster for the king, um, Babylonian king, right? And... And so he, his brother and some of their buddies come, come to him, and, and he's like, well, how's it going back, back at home, you know, back in Jerusalem? And, and 
the, the report is like terrible, right? Well, the walls are down, it's, the gates are burned up, like we're just the laughing stock of the people around us, like it's not a good report. And it says that Nehemiah like sobbed. And so like with Abraham, I saw a goal birthed in faith. With Nehemiah, I saw a goal birthed in like, like deep compassion like deep compassion and conviction. And I think sometimes our goals will come from those like things inside of us. He had this deep compassion. He wept for these people and he started to pray. And then it says that um, he decides to go to the king and the king is like, you know, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, I've never seen you sad like this, and you're obviously not sick. What's wrong? And it says that Nehemiah was scared in that moment, but he went ahead anyway. Like, he went ahead and opened his heart anyway, right? And, and um, the king is like, well, what do you want? And Nehemiah's like, well, you know, tell him, well, my home where all my ancestors are buried, like the place that my heart is, like it's broken down. I want to rebuild it. And so, but what I thought was interesting in there is Nehemiah's like having this conversation with the king and the king's like, what do you want? And it says this one line. Uh, this is in chapter two, verse four. It says, then the king said to me, what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. It was like this constant conversation Nehemiah was having with the Lord in the midst of presenting like this goal, this thing, this desire, strong desire of his heart, something he wanted to do. And it wasn't the whole elephant, right? There was a lot more that had to happen. It wasn't just about a, a city wall that had to be built for like the restoration of Jerusalem, right? There was some heart stuff that had to happen. The temple stuff had to happen. Ezra was working on that. He, this was his part. This was something the Lord put in him and it didn't look like Ezra's, but it was needed. And it was birthed in his heart with the Lord, right? He didn't have to tackle the whole elephant. He could see it. He, t he tackled the par part that was in him to do, right? Um, and the way, I just love how he was like, okay, king, hang on a second. God of heaven, what do you think? <laughs> like, you know, the, like it was a, con he was standing in front of the king. Pause. Like, Jesus is everything. We don't make one part of our plan or of our goals or of our becoming with outside of complete connection to him and eyes upon him. That's what I saw with Nehemiah. And, and uh, you know, obviously then he tells the king that, that he wants to rebuild it, rebuild the walls. Um, I, well, do you want to go, to, tell them what you were saying about that symbolism. Like it says in Nehemiah that there was one point where they were being mocked, um, by perceived enemies, I guess you'd say. And, um, 
And it says that they had a hammer in one hand and a sword in another. Yeah, to me, that just so symbolized what this will look like to take a goal and to move forward. Um, James talks about faith without works being dead. And to me, this is just the tandem activity of full belief and work. Like, if you've got a sword in your hand, it's the, like with the picture and the, the uh, armor of God, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. It's like every word he breathes. What does Jesus say in the, in the desert? Mankind does not live by bread alone, but right. by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's like literally, now we've, the Lord and I have talked about this. My heart has the peace and the wisdom and the, and the mm -hmm. conditions that feel healthy for me to go forward with this. And so now I've got my hammer, which is my forward progress, my actual activity, applying myself to this thing. And when the enemies, um, like the opposition comes, wherever it comes from, even from within myself, I've got the sword of the spirit, the word of God, this, the, the, his words to me, his living, breathing breath mm -hmm. of life in me, I hold on to it as my soul defense. Mm -hmm. It is the only one I need. Well, and it also reminds you of like that going way back, Sarko, the part to be cut off. Like anything that tries to, to come on me in the midst of that moving forward with Jesus by faith, setting, setting my hands to something that he wants to come from my heart. Like cutting off the stuff that tries to come that isn't supposed to be a part of me, right? Um... I also was thinking about, um, you know, it says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And I just thought, if joy, right? If joy is good enough for Jesus, like that was his goal, the joy set before him. It took him through the cross, right? Like, I don't know. I, I just think, like, sometimes the Lord can give us goals that might not feel like goals. Like, I don't know that I would have felt like, if I just, the joy of this, of this is my goal. I don't know. I, but, like, that was Jesus. He was, like, for the joy that I see in you, I can do any of this other stuff, any of this other work. <laughs> and he did it. He did it all. So joys or goals should be joyous, <laughs> right? Like they should like carry the like this beautiful joy and fulfillment and like promise. It brings so much strength to our hearts. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have to be done. Anything else you thought to close with? Okay. Uh, I'm Jesus, even just right now, in the hearts of everyone that you love. I mean, across the world, but especially in our family right now, since that's who we're talking to, I just pray for, like, I'm even seeing a reign of hope, like, all over again. Um, and that in every place, in every single one of us, you have such a unique, inspired design and purpose. I love when Mark reminds us, you are a thought of God. You're like straight out of his imagination. You were his idea. 
And so, God, I pray once again to read for all of those things, that authorship, that copyright that you own on us, like that perfect inspiration would come um, flying forward. Mm -hmm. um, and that you would ordain and encourage and speak mm -hmm. and seal and uh, mobilize and provide in every way. You already do but just all over again, that we would draw our attention to these parts of your character. Mm -hmm. That nothing that you placed within us would be left behind. Yeah. No matter how, yeah. no, like, I just feel like we need to just speak that there is no goal too small and there is no goal too big. That's good. It is all within his care it's all within the possibility of Jesus for your life. There is no, no goal too small or too big. We do not despise, despise small beginnings. And we do not withhold from big possibilities. Right. Jesus, be experienced as your fullness in this house. Mm-hmm. Forgive us where we have backed off. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Way to go, ladies. Thank you for doing this today. Three things I want to talk about before you all get up and go. First of all, right in line with what they just talked about today. So what was our total before this morning on the Ukraine offering? No, before the offering, though. Just over 10. So we were just over 10 this morning. We brought in almost 11 this morning. So we're basically halfway to 45,000 today. You know, and for some of you, you might think, well, Mark, you said the goal was 45,000 in seven days. I'm like, guys, we're at $22,000 in seven days. If there's not a perfect illustration of what they just talked about, it's that. So we can either be disappointed that we didn't get to 45 or we can be super excited that we're almost halfway there. Yes. Yeah. Ukraine is excited we're halfway there. I would say Ukraine's like, we can work with that. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, that's really incredible. So thank you to each and every one of you for how you gave and feel free to keep giving, okay? One way or the other, we're building that church debt-free. And don't get me wrong, we got some back pocket money. We're not, you know, we're playing with some house money you know what I mean. So it's not all we're just waiting for the 45 to come in. We've got some other things happening behind the scenes. Secondly, uh, is Chris Strupp? Yeah. Let's make sure that we pray for him and his eyes. In fact, I'd like a couple people to gather around him before we leave today and just pray for him, with him, and over him. Okay? We can do that after we're done here today, but, or you can just do it right now. I'm really cool with that too. And third, personal, happy birthday, Anderson. You have a microphone. Yeah, he's the reason why Dawn and I can still say we're young parents. We have one teenager left for one more year. Very thankful. 
Okay. Anything else you want to say? Tell them we've got goal sheets over here. Oh. And yeah, and if you had, didn't fill out a goal sheet last week, that circle that had the five categories, uh, they're still here. We would love to have you fill them out. Our family sat down Sunday night, and we did them all together, and then we went over them. We had each person share what each of our goals were. Uh, some of them were big, hairy, audacious, but they're good, okay? My family hated the word hairy in that thing, but I, it just makes it stick out. Yeah, it, I didn't come up with it. It was from uh, uh, the book Good to Great. Anybody ever read that book, Good to Great? Great book, read it. If you, if you think you're good right now, but you could be great, and you're stuck at good, go read that book. I think it's Jim Collins that wrote that book. Powerful. All right, love you all. Thank you, ladies, very much. Really good. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.